Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions and week five, day four, Genesis 29 today. Genesis 29, verse one, we see that Jacob's still on his journey. That verse says, then Jacob continued on his journey and he came to the land of the Eastern peoples. This is a land by the name of Haran. This is the land where his family had grown up. So he's going back to see his relatives, going back to find a wife, going back to, well, really three things happen while he's in Haran the next number of years. Jacob marries, Jacob has children, and Jacob builds a business. That sounds so simple, but not in Jacob's life, not in a schemer's life. He marries. He's going to work seven years for his first wife and then work seven years again for that same wife. We'll see how that happens soon. He has children. And in having children, his wives begin to battle for who can have the most children. And instead of a blessing, he experiences a battle over the having of children. And then he starts a business. He's the keeper of flocks. He's a shepherd. We're going to see the problems in the following days as we look through, next week particularly, as we look through Jacob's life and what happened with the flocks. You look at Jacob and what's going to happen these next few days as we read through his story. You think things are rough around your household? Jacob, he serves as a prime example of struggles within a family. His engagement was a 14-year labor contract. He spent his honeymoon with, with the wrong woman. The births in his family were not blessed events, but shots fired in a jealous war. What happened in Jacob's life? Well, it all begins in Genesis 29, verse 10. Let me read verses 10 to 13. Well, let me read verses 10 to 30. It's a long story, but you need to have it in mind. When Jacob saw Rachel, daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, and Laban's sheep, he went over and he rolled the stone away from the mouth of the well and he watered his uncle's sheep. And then Jacob kissed Rachel and he began to weep aloud. He had told Rachel that he was a relative of her father and a son of Rebekah. So she ran and told her father. As soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced him and he kissed him and he brought him into his home. And there Jacob told him all these things. And then Laban said to him, you are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with him the whole month, Laban said to him, just because you're a relative of mine, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah had weak eyes, but Rachel was lovely in form and beautiful. Jacob was in love with Rachel, and he said, I'll work for you seven years in return for your younger daughter, Rachel. Laban said, it's better to give her to you than to some other man. Stay here with me. So Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. And then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife. My time is completed. I want to lie with her. So Laban brought together all the people of the place, and he gave a feast. And when evening came, he took his daughter Leah, and he, wait, he took his daughter Leah, and he gave her to Jacob. And Jacob lay with her. And Laban gave his servant girl Zilpah to his daughter as her maidservant. When morning came, there was Leah. So Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? I served you for Rachel, didn't I? Why have you deceived me? Laban replied, it is not our custom to give the younger daughter in marriage before the older one. Finish this daughter's bridal week. Then we'll give you the younger one also in return for another seven years of work. And Jacob did so. He finished the week with Leah, and then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. Laban gave his servant girl Bilhah to his daughter Rachel to be her maidservant. Jacob lay with Rachel also, and he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked for Laban another seven years. Wow, a schemer meets a schemer. 
Now, let me, let me just say the complexity of the family relationships here, multiple wives and handmaidens and multiple handmaidens and wives having children. There's nowhere in the Bible that this is affirmed. In Genesis, the beginning of Genesis, remember we learned that it's a man and a woman shall cleave to one another. The two shall become one, not the three or the five or the four shall become one. Just the fact that they decided to do this and that God worked in their lives in spite of it does not mean God is, God is affirming that this is a pattern for our lives. Marriage is one man and one woman. And we see in these verses the problems that they got into because Jacob married multiple wives. And Laban was a part of those problems. He was a schemer. He was a better schemer than Jacob was. How do you recognize a schemer? There's a lesson here in Jacob's life, a lesson in in your marriage, a lesson for your children, a lesson in, in work. How do you recognize a schemer? Three things. They often fall victim to other schemers. People who make up their own schemes, they think they're so smart, but they're looking, they're always looking for the angle. So they often fall victim to other schemers. They relate well to other people who scheme because they feel, the, uh, they feel the fellowship, but they also get tricked by other people who scheme. Certainly happened to Jacob here. Second thing about schemers that you see is they are often trapped by their own schemes. Jacob thought he had it all wired. He had it all figured out. This is the daughter that I want. He knew that he should have married Leah first, but he found a way. I'm going to work seven years for her. He found a way to marry the one that he loved, the one that he wanted first but he becomes trapped by his own scheme. And there's a third thing that happens throughout the next few days, chapters that we're going to read. Third way you recognize a schemer, they often take the credit that is the Lord's. Whether they're a believer or not, they take God's credit. They act as if they're the one who did it instead of God. In these verses, the deceiver is deceived, and he can say nothing. Laban simply used Jacob's methods, and so Jacob is left with no appeal. Now, I said Laban used Jacob's methods. What happens here is confusing to many of us. We read this and we think, how in the world did he not know that it was the wrong woman? Well, remember, they just had a feast. There was a lot of alcohol that was going. And remember that in that day, women usually wore veils. So he would not have necessarily seen her face. The combination of those two and a dark night, he didn't recognize he was with the wrong woman on his honeymoon night. And it really was the wrong woman. By all accounts, verse 17, where it says, Leah had weak eyes. One translation of that, just an honest translation, is not weak eyes, but but cow eyes. Uh, Rachel was the the fresh young ute lamb. Leah was the cow eyes, I guess is the kindest way to say it. One was more beautiful than the other. That's why Jacob wanted one more than the other. So he gets fooled, he gets tricked. And he wakes up in the morning and it's the wrong woman. I wonder, I have to wonder, did Jacob ever start to see himself in his problems? Do you remember the trick that Jacob played on his father? He pretended to be the wrong son in order to get the blessing. He stole the blessing by pretending to be the brother. And here, all of a sudden, here's one disguising herself as her sister in order to steal the marriage. I wonder if Jacob ever saw himself in his own problems. The pain of rejection that happened in Esau's life and Jacob's life. Jacob was rejected by his father because he preferred Esau. Esau was rejected by his mother because she preferred Jacob. And here here is Jacob rejecting the older sister Leah in order to prefer the younger. Did Jacob ever see himself in his problems? Did he ever hear God saying, Jacob, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. The tricks and the angles, 
Jacob, you do not have to try to create for yourself what I want to give you. Maybe even more important, the question is, do I ever see myself in my own problems? Do you ever see yourself in your own problems? It's easy to blame other people. But so many times, if I'm, if I'm honest, if I, if I get to a moment of honesty and I look at my life, I recognize the problems I'm facing in my life, they grow out of who I am, the way I've responded to life. They're a reflection of the way I've treated others. Now, I know there's an old phrase what goes around, comes around. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that character counts. I'm saying that our actions are significant. And that many times when I want to just blame others, the truth of the matter is I'm suffering consequences for my own actions or for the own gaps in my life. I don't know that Jacob even saw this. So we pray, God, give us wisdom to see ourselves sometimes in our own problems. Give us humility to see ourselves in our own problems. And also give us the wisdom and humility, God, to hear you saying, you do not have to try to create for yourself what I want to give you. The story of Jacob and the struggle he goes through on his wedding day, how you recognize a schemer. It's my story. It's your story too because we all have our ways of trying to control. We all have our ways of trying to make life work our way. And when we get caught by it, we all want to blame somebody else. But maybe this is the moment for you today to forgive and also to see your part. Let's pray together. Maybe someone schemed against you, cheated you. They're a Laban in your life. And this is the moment right now where you say, Jesus Christ, I let it go. I let it go to you. I forgive them. I don't want to live the rest of my life in bitterness about what they stole. And maybe this is also the moment where you have the courage and the humility to pray, Jesus Christ, I recognize that even if it was 99% their fault, there's 1% me or 10 or 50. There's me in this problem too the way I responded, what I wanted, how I reacted, how I was trying to get for myself what you wanted to give. I see myself there too, Lord. So in humility, I forgive. In humility, I ask you to continue to grow me. Help me to become more like you, Jesus Christ, every day. And thank you, thank you, thank you that you work in the life of schemers. You work in the life of people who struggle. You never give up on us. Thank you, Jesus, in your name, amen. Join us tomorrow, our last day of this week. We're going to look at the family life and the business life of Jacob the Schemer. 